Okay, so we are in biblical soul care. Um, almost through the fruit of the Spirit passage here in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Um, and we've made our way to gentleness. And uh, how many of you have heard of the term uh, owning the libs? No? Owning the libs. How about drinking liberal tears? Anybody heard of that? Oh, well, maybe my introduction's not going to be as great then. <laughs> so, but in, this, in, in our current um, kind of social and political uh, age, uh, when we're, we're seeing social media debates and viral videos um, of, of just hostile interactions between different political sides or different ideological sides, um, gentleness is not high on the list of desirable traits. Um, if, if you look at the list uh, that Paul gives us here, I think often one of the traits, one of these uh, aspects of the fruit of the Spirit that is not as attractive, even in Christian circles, is this one that we're talking about today. Um, we, we usually would say, yeah, we want to be more loving. That's a good thing. Yeah, we want to we have joy and peace. And patience. We know we should do that, and those are things that we would say, yeah, I, I should work on that, I want to work on that, that's a good, a good quality that I should be cultivating. But gentleness, though, in particular, is sometimes not high on our list of desirable traits. Um, why do you think that that is so? Or if you disagree, you can certainly say that as well. But in, in, the, in my reading and thinking, um, that has not been one that's usually something we want to really work hard to cultivate, gentleness, as much as, say, peace. Why do you suppose that might be so? To look upon as weakness, maybe? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's seen as, if you're gentle, it's another word for weak or helpless. Gentleness is a cop-out for those who can't do anything about it. And it's kind of going into the next question too. The world would say, and if we're not careful in thinking biblically, we might say that gentleness is a synonym for weakness, uh, for passivity, for timidity, right? So there are, especially in the culture around us, a tendency to think gentleness is unattractive, weakness, childish, maybe. We're supposed to stand up for our rights and right. not be a doormat. Yeah. It's almost Get a backbone like and stand up cowardice. for Cowardice, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're gentle. You're just a coward. You want to stand up for yourself. That is a pretty strongly held position in American society, mm -hmm. right? And so when we, we start talking about and thinking about gentleness and how, how are you pursuing gentleness? How am I intentionally planning to grow in gentleness, to be more gentle? And honestly, it's, it's like... I'm not really, because I don't want to. I don't want to be gentle, especially sometimes for for men. I think is a particular. This might be a particular challenge. 
We don't want to be soft. Um, our objective today, though, is to understand gentleness by observing it in Jesus. It's going to be a, a good, uh, a big focus today. Um, and I hope that at the end of, of our time, of our study of gentleness, that it would be that much more attractive to us, that we would, each of us, seek to think, oh, you know what, gentleness is not only, I'm not only going to do it because, man, the Bible tells me to, so I have to, but because it's an attractive um, attribute. God dis- demonstrates gentleness. Jesus it demonstrates gentleness, and it does not mean that I'm indecisive or timid or weak. So we'll, we'll kind of visit that as we go. But first, let's look at the definition. And this is just kind of a definition I've pieced together from different um, sources. But gentleness or meekness, we'll use those interchangeably this morning. Gentleness or meekness is a softness of soul that, that starts with God, primarily towards God. And it enables a person to be humble, selfless, and measured in response to all contexts and situations. So a gentle person has it's a, a way of thinking, it's a, a state of the soul that works itself out in being measured in a softness in interactions with people, even those who are enemies or who are hostile. So here's a kind of a, I'm gonna read this long um, quote from the Vine's Dictionary of Old and New Testament Words. The meaning of proud taste is not readily expressed in English, for the terms meekness, mildness, commonly used, suggest weakness and pusillanimity, which is, I added, it's, I had to look it up, that's timidity and cowardice. <laughs> okay? So people always, always often associate those two. Um, uh, to a greater or lesser extent, whereas proud taste does nothing of the kind. Nevertheless, it is difficult to find a rendering less open to objection than meekness. Gentleness has been suggested, but as Protes describes a condition of mind and heart, and as gentleness is appropriate rather to actions, this word is no better than that used in both English versions. So they're arguing for meekness as probably the right translation of this word. And here's the key here. It must be clearly understood, therefore, that The meekness manifested by the Lord and commended to the believer is the fruit of power. The communion, sorry, the the common assumption is that when a man is meek, it is because he cannot help himself. But the Lord was meek because he had infinite resources of God at his disposal, or at his command. Described negatively, meekness is the opposite of self-assertiveness and self-interest. It is equanimity of spirit that is neither elated nor cast down, simply because it is not occupied with self at all. So, gentleness then is a response of a mind and a heart that is centered on God's glory and love for people. as we'll, we'll continue to, to flesh out. But what stands out to you in that definition, if anything? Um, 
one thing one thing for me was it's not that uh, um, gentleness is is good because you don't really have any other options. Like we're gonna take a look at Jesus, and Jesus had all of the the what's the word I'm looking for? The supply of of the Father. He had access to the Father. He could have done, and we'll take a look at the verse here in just a moment, where Jesus could have called twelve legions of angels to come help him, and he didn't. Like I said, and he's gentle. That that <coughs> makes him gentle. Versus, he just couldn't do it, and he he was weak, and he just you know was lowly, and was at the mercy of people around him. No, he could have overwhelmed his enemies in a moment, and he did not. And that is gentleness. Um, MacArthur um, says that, that gentleness is strength under control. I think that's one one reason why gentleness isn't very popular even among the Christians because. Usually gentleness is needed when false accusations of your abilities or what you can do are being stated. And so you want to prove them wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, no, I can do it. Mm -hmm. And so your pride then comes instead of saying, no, I don't, I don't have to prove to them what I'm able to do. Like with Jesus, mm -hmm. he did not have to prove to them. He just had to be obedient. Yeah. And so that, it gawks at our pride. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's, it's so much so that that it's questionable whether you can be gentle if you have no power. If you have no ability to do something, well, I'm just being gentle. Well, maybe not. If you, sometimes we are coward, cowardly. We are weak and timid, and that can be, I mean, if it's cowardice, it's, that's sinful. So that's not, we cannot get that confused with, oh, well, I, well, the Bible says to be gentle, so I'm just going to be gentle and not share my faith here when I should. So some traits that are not compatible with gentleness. What would you say? Obviously anger. <clears throat> anger? Mm-hmm. And I would qualify it with sinful anger, right? Because mm -hmm. there, there are ways to have righteous indignation and to be gentle. I honestly think that sometimes it's a lack of confidence in what we know is true. Mm. And being afraid to speak it in a gentle way that creates frustration and elevates to anger in an argument mm -hmm. rather than knowing what you know and knowing the truth and being confident in that like Jesus was. And just being able to stay calm in a storm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it would be important um, for to not be ignorant of, of things, and which actually gives us. That's a lot of times when we're not gentle, is there's an insecurity because of I don't know. Uh, so yeah, that's that's a common. It creates a fear, and mm -hmm. that creates anger or, or defensiveness. Yeah, that's a good point. What other traits are, are incompatible with gentleness? <coughs> Pride. That's the number one. The number one trait. That if I am proud, I will not be gentle. Because the first attack, um, the first time I don't get the attention I deserve, 
in my pride, I am wanting to put myself up. I want people to notice me. I want them to congratulate me. I want to admire me. I want you to worship me. I mean, if we're going to be real, right? That's what pride is. And if I don't feel like I'm getting that from you, I'm going to be angry. I'm going to force and assert myself. And that is what is incompatible with gentleness. A gentle believer is a humble believer. Jason. Say kind of a callousness or an indifference to the struggles or the needs of others. Because I mean, when I think of gentleness, I think of, you know, if I'm being gentle, it's because I'm trying to handle something with care. If you're not handling people with care, you're not being gentle with mm-hmm. people. Yeah. So like a selfishness. If I'm just about making sure I've got what I need and, and I feel good and, and that kind of, that kind of inward focus, and we're not going to be gentle. That's a good point. Anything else? What about um, joking around? Because sometimes you joke around, but at the other hand, you hurt people's feelings, and you didn't know about it, and mm-hmm. until it's too late, and. Yeah. Yeah, so that there's that's a good that's a good point. So if we're joking and we we insult somebody or offend somebody yeah. unnecessarily, um, there that could be sinful still. Like there that is a that could be a lack of gentleness where I'm just I just want to tell a joke and be funny when I'm not considering the people or, or the the effect of my words. That's there is a as an aspect of gentleness that is measured. So it's it's thoughtful. Um, it's considering sometimes being gentle does not mean I don't have a direct, I mean, cutting kind of a conversation, right? Um, but we do it measured in the, in the strength that is required for the conversation. So um, if, if someone is just outright rebellious and, and they are, and I have to have a conversation with them that is forceful, okay? There is, that's a, I can still do that in a direct, clear, um, with, a, with a force required and be gentle. Knowing that if I don't, if I'm too light, it's not going to get through. Or if I'm too heavy, I might send him, you know, off down harder down the wrong path. Mm-hmm. Because I've offended him unnecessarily, I've called him a... a you know what, and so, but with joking, there's mm-hmm. a similar thing that we should just be careful with what we're saying. And if we find that we did offend someone, mm-hmm. we seek their forgiveness, right? Yeah. And we seek to uh, repent of that. And oftentimes, even if, when we're joking, sometimes that that can be a, a version of self-exaltation because I want to be funny. I want people to laugh at me. I want them to want to be around me. So that can be a motivation for joking. Um, and so that's just yeah, being sensitive to, um, to people and, and loving people. And I think if, if that's your heart and if you're, you're wanting to have good fellowship, and part of that is, is humor, um, that will generally come through. So, um, yeah, it would be, you have to take it by a case-by-case basis. Yeah. See, it is my tendency mm-hmm. to be sarcastic in my humor that then you need to really be careful. Um, so, but yeah, that's a good question. My mom, my parents told me, if you don't have something to say, 
Nej, de säger det at all. So. Yeah, and that goes part of the way, yeah. right? It's, and that's something that we've talked about with, with conflict, and, and it's come, uh, come up several times over the last several months uh, in this class, is um, we've, we've had this, you know, I'm, 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 I don't like that person, I'm just going to avoid them. Or I'm just not going to say something to them. Well, that's not good enough, right? Um, the, the Bible will tell us, you, as much as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Right? with all of them, even the ones that are annoying. So I, I need to go, and if I can't find something nice to say about something, I need to change my heart and repent. And then go say something kind and gracious to them. So, yeah, that's, those are all good, practical things that we should be thinking through. Would, would you say an accurate picture of gentleness would be like a combination of self-control and wisdom? Like you're, Like you said... Not, there's a time to be lighter with your words and there's a time to be heavier with your words or tone of voice. And gentleness is knowing in the situation where you should kind of lean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there, there is a, yeah, there's, there's wisdom that's required. And again, coming back to humility, I'm not, there are times when, <clears throat> like somebody might be saying, attacking, and if I am humble, I'm not, so focused on my own reputation, and that, and that frees me up really to be thinking, okay, what are the really, what are the issues here with this person? Um, how can I really help them to see the Lord and how His actions or her actions are hindering uh, their relationship with the Lord or not? Uh, so that that does require wisdom. That requires the ability to think clearly in maybe some tense conversations. Um, and, and again, yeah, there's, there's several qualities there that are required if we're going to do it well, because you have to be, you have to know, okay, is this a hardness of heart issue that I'm gonna have to use a little bit more strength in my interaction? Or is this like a, a weakness where I still need to be careful and gentle and come alongside them? So yeah, there's a lot of, wi- a lot of wisdom required and a lot of humility and, and focus on this will kind of be a theme too if we say we believe that God is sovereign and he's bringing people into our lives and situations into our lives um, and I'm getting angry about it and I'm not able to be gentle because I'm focused rather on my own kingdom or how this reflects on me I will not be gentle so that humility is so important to and humility in if you remember, our definitions of humility are not so much that I just, I think that I'm terrible, even though in my sinfulness that is true at times. Humility is thinking more about God and His kingdom, thinking about His preferences, um, thinking about how I can help others see Him and glorify God, exalt God and not myself. So there's the humility that requires us to think about and reflect on God, and I am here to glorify God, not to look good. So, so now that we've kind of talked about gentleness, why do you think it's so rare for our culture to display it? Seen as a weakness. What, Mark? He said it's seen as a weakness. Was his comment? Yeah. 
And what is our, our culture, I mean, as an just hyper-individualistic culture, is everyone is being taught, and we're willing students, right? We're being taught to express ourselves. And that is self-exaltation, asserting my rights, my preferences, my experiences. I mean, that is... That is the culture we're in right now. It is all about you and what you feel and what you think. And, and if that's you, if that's our culture, I, I'm not going to be gentle. Because you're, I mean, you're violating my experience, my truth, my story, taking my attention, my, my stuff belongs to me. I'm going to respond with harshness, insults often. You're gonna be cold. You're gonna know it. That's the opposite of gentleness. I think too the the culture, the media has put us into groups and defined us mm -hmm. and fitted one group against another. Mm -hmm. You know, so if we identify with like being a Christian and loving America, we're Christian nationalists to some. You know, we're the enemy, <coughs> and so you feel like you're at war mm -hmm. with the culture. And all of that, all of that is focus on individual differences. How am I different from you? And you better recognize it. I love our country. You know, I hate our country. I, I do. I mean, whatever. It's all a, f a focus on my stuff, my preferences, my viewpoints, what I think is right, my truth, right? Like. There and, and both sides, all sides can be a part. That's what this problem of tribalism does is I am more focused on who is like me and I'll join those people. Who has the same opinions as me? Who likes me as much as me? So that there's that is going to be when we have such a focus on my individual traits and qualities. That's why we have so much division. It's pride. We have a major pride issue. Kind of remind me of what we're studying in First Corinthians, you know, the wisdom of God is foolish to the world. Mm -hmm. And the wisdom of God says be gentle, that's why you're the fruits of the spirit. Mm -hmm. But to the world, it's probably <coughs> to be gentle or mm -hmm. yeah. But if her say gentle, if you think about it through the eyes of say the world, they may not listen to you because you're more gentle. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's like, well, they're weak, so I'm not gonna listen. Mm -hmm. I mean that's just kinda how they would see it. Yeah. And and again what I'd like to what I want to keep coming back to, and it's it's kinda hard to not fall off one side or the other, uh, you know. But um, being gentle does not mean I'm soft-spoken. It doesn't mean I'm just quiet about explaining my, the viewpoint, or more importantly, the truth. Like, I, I can be clear. I can be forceful. I'm crossing the line when I start maybe shouting or yelling, or I'm starting to insult, and I'm angry because you're, you're making me feel dumb. 
because you're saying and you're talking about how foolish Christianity is or how you know you you're just a a creationist because you don't understand the science it's like that's a that's a an indictment on my intelligence no it's not and if, if I respond like that that's because I am about me and I want you to think that hey I I thought about this too I'm smart I can do no that that's the wrong part that's where we cross the line we're no longer gentle I'm defending myself now I can be clear loud enough vocal enough in explaining the truth and that is what we need to do so gentleness is strength under control so I'm not going to and when conversations get out of control generally it's because a personal insult was hurled out there and then it and then it devolves into chaos right but if I'm gentle and I am focused on the glory of God and the truth of scripture, and they say something about me being a fool, about me being fill in the blank, whatever it is, that's gonna miss, it's not gonna land. So I'm not, I, don't, I don't care, yeah, I, I'm kind of a fool. <laughs> I'm, I've been very foolish in my life, I've been, I'm not super intelligent, I'm not that, you know, all those things. That's not even, you're not landing on that because I am focused on the glory of God and the good of this person's soul. This person needs to hear the truth. So, yeah, and that's where gentleness, we have to, we want to be time and time again, come back to a clear understanding. Gentleness is strength under control. Jesus was gentle in the midst of, and this is kind of interesting to think about, but when he's cleansing the temple, that was not an overreaction because he was angry. He met that situation with the force that was required. So it, he didn't forget to be gentle that morning and walked into the temple and was just grumpy. And so then he had to you know, flip the tables. No. Jesus all the time met every situation and every person with the required amount of truth, with the right level of volume, with the right words, so Jesus is gentle. So, and again, that's kind of hard to, to figure because I'm not Jesus, right? I, I don't know all the time if this is something that I should, you know, really, do I need to increase, like, the intensity of my, of my message here because this person doesn't seem to be getting it? Is that because, you know, he, he's rejecting it or he, is he... Uh, just lost in sin and he just loves his sin or is this because he's weak and discouraged or, like there's a again that goes back to Emily's comment earlier we do need to have wisdom and rely on the Holy Spirit to guide us in our conversations to know when it's time to okay oh, oh they're not hearing me we need it a little bit louder we may say it a little bit differently a little bit sharper so there are it's hard and it's going to require wisdom it's interesting while you were saying that, I was thinking in my mind, that's really hard to know in the moment sometimes where to land in that spectrum, whether I should be more uh, forceful with my words or gentler or lighter with my words, right? And I was processing when do I do better at that and when do I do worse at that? 
I do better at that when I'm fearing God more than I fear man. Mm -hmm. So like when I'm with my students and teaching them, I don't fear my students. I fear God, and it's interesting how somehow, I can't even explain it to people, somehow often I just know how to handle that particular situation with that student, usually because I'm begging God to help me in that moment. But then when I flip it over to adults, I tend to fear adults. And so in that moment, my words get all tangled up. I no longer, I can't even understand what I'm trying to communicate. And all of a sudden, my gentleness is all mixed up and weird. And, mm -hmm. and it's because I'm fearing them more than I'm God. Mm -hmm. And I'm, even in that moment, I'm not praying and asking the Lord for help. Yeah. And those two situations are so different. And the only thing I can figure out is different is that I'm fearing God in one and I'm fearing man in the other. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. Fear of God is, means that we're, we're more focused on God more focused on his glory, more focused on his, what he wants us to do, what he commands us to do. And yeah, that's, that's going to be really important. And the other thing is sometimes um, in an effort to be kind of, I'm going to use air quotes, gentle, we're not direct and not clear like we should be. Um, and so this is another one of those lines. It's difficult to know when you're going too far on one side or the other, but it is, I have found time and time again where I've tried to have a conversation with someone and I've tried to kind of be easy on it. And then, so I have the conversation and it's unhelpful because I wasn't direct enough. And it wasn't clear. So this person says, oh yeah, yeah, okay, I got it. And they go and they do the, the thing that I didn't want them to do again. Right? It's because, okay, well, I was trying to, I was being too soft. I was being, I wasn't being clear enough. So lack of clarity does not mean gentle. So there, there's a need to be gentle and to be clear with love, seeking the good of this person. Like when, when all of those things, those pieces are in place, a lot, of, a lot of our fears about what might happen are taken care of. Because when people know you as a gentle, loving person who wants good for them, who serves people, who's not self-interested, who's not self-assertive, who's not all about their own glory, and this person's having a conversation with me that doesn't feel good, it doesn't mean they're going to take it well. But, but that's some of those fears that we're like, oh man, I'm gonna, they're going to really hate me. You know? Well, maybe. But more than likely, they're going to see that for what it is. That you are, you care for them. It may take time. Right? Um, and we, I mean, we're praying for them all the way through and before that conversation too. But that those gentle conversations can be direct and pointed. And they can... <coughs> They can hurt, right? So faithful are the wounds of a friend. So any other thoughts? Okay, let's look at gentleness and meekness in the Lord, in God. Pro Psalm 18, 31 through 35. This is an interesting um, passage where David's writing about what God has done. Um, and saving him from his enemies. And he, he says, For who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? 
the God who equipped me with strength and made my way blameless. He made my feet like the feet of a deer and set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. Let's just pause there for a second. That's difficult, right? So he's, now, it's a figurative language here, but this is nothing about weakness, inability, you know, passivity so far, right? Look at 35. You have given me the shield of your salvation, and your right hand supported me, and your gentleness made me great. How was God gentle with David? He protected him from from sin. He protect he protect David from Goliath. Um, mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So he protected him from a lot of different things. Yeah. Goliath from from sometimes sinning. He when he he wanted to kill. Oh, what's his name? Bathsheba. Nabal. Yes, Nabal. And and his, and Abigail came oh. and helped him not do that. That was God. Helping him out. Yeah, so God protects him. And um, David did a whole bunch of bad things, but God used him for, God using him for his glory. Mm-hmm. So, so. Yep. Anything else? In Matthew 5 5. Jesus said, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So as we're reflecting on the definition, what is Jesus teaching us here? Maybe let's look at the next question because I think it will it will kind of help us. What, how does how is Jesus teaching opposed to the worldly way of inheriting the earth? The worldly way was by force, by war. Yeah. So historically, it's been you take it, you take your inheritance, right? You you conquer, you overcome. What else? What about today? How do we you know, inherit the earth? How does our culture think that we need to go get what's ours? Not my, not the Bible say our treasure is in heaven. Mm-hmm. So, so we lose. Oh, if I pass away, okay, I won't take um the church with me or my frame or anything. But now, as a Christian, I got more glory in heaven. So, mm-hmm. so having a right idea of where our treasure is, I think. I think there's also. So, if you think in in the workplace, mm-hmm. how do people try to get more? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's by being dishonest. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's by bending the rules, cheating in some way, um, lying, finding loopholes. Sometimes it's it's by stealing. Mm-hmm. Right? There's, those are all different ways that people are trying to get more, get more. And Jesus is saying, be meek, be gentle, be lowly. 
they're going to inherit the earth. Self-controlled person, the one that's pursuing the more, he's out of control. Mm -hmm. So there's a, yeah. He's a monster that's never going to get fed. He'll never get fed. Mm -hmm. He's self-controlled. Yeah, self-control. That's another good element of being critical. Page three, the top there, we have Jesus, a very, another well-known passage. Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Why is Jesus highlighting his gentleness and lowliness in this verse? So heavy labor, um, not every having a heavy heart, he is there to burden us, so he'd never leave us or forsake us, so. Other thoughts? Some of you are awfully quiet this morning. <laughs> He's teaching us what his qualities are so that we can emulate them. Mm -hmm. He's known a burden like our labor and mm -hmm. so he's gentle and he's yeah. to be easy. <coughs> Some of you in the audience is exhausted, spiritually speaking, right? Just try to try to keep the law of Moses for a few days. I just think of the verse, cast all your cares upon him and he cares for you. Mm -hmm. And we do go to Christ that gives us peace in the midst of the storm, so it works. Yeah. He's highlighting this as an invitation. Come to me. Why would you want to come to him? I'm gentle, lowly in heart. Learn from me. Yeah. His gentleness and, and, and just giving rest to you is like opposite of just striving that's in the world. Mm -hmm. <coughs> the rat race. Yeah. I think one of the ways that one thing that helps me be gentle at times when I need to is remembering that I can't change their heart. Me yelling more mm -hmm. isn't gonna do any good. Mm -hmm. I'm just called to speak the truth in love and then just <coughs> sometimes just leave it because mm -hmm. I'm not gonna do it together. You know, that's all I can do. Yeah. And that's another um, realization of, of our it's an aspect of humility to know where where my abilities are in this. How big a part do I play in this? It's not just me having the exact right words to say or saying it at the right volume. I mean, especially when we're, we're talking about gospel ministry, who whose work is it? The Spirit has to regenerate. Okay, we're, we're faithful to say the truth. Right? That's our part. It's an important part. It's obeying obeying the call of Christ to go out and make disciples, but the work is done by God. So if somebody's not responding how I want them to say it, it's not up to me to, to really fully convince them. And truth is not dictated based off of their response. Mm -hmm. Remember the sermon Pastor Dave gave a while back on uh, how people responded to Jesus. They want to throw him over the cliff, mm -hmm. right, with the figs and all that. And uh, when I do something and the response is not how I would have preferred, I immediately go into, 
oh no, I must have done some, I must have sinned against them, I must have done something wrong, which in an element, I should evaluate that and make sure. But I found that I was evaluating truth based off their response, not on God's word. Mm-hmm. So I have to be careful of that. Okay, was I doing it in love? Was I supposed to do it? Was it my responsibility to do it? You know, and I had to go through the steps. Mm-hmm. And if I can say yes to all those righteous <coughs> response, then that's just how they responded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's about how they responded to God, right. not me. Man, pride is so sneaky. <laughs> it's, it is so deep that I can start preparing for a, a conversation where I'm going to be gentle with this person and I'm going to tell them something to help them. And then they're angry at me. My response will show me if I am really about helping them or if I'm really about wanting to look good and be kind and I want everybody to like me because I'm so nice and gentle. And if that happens, our hearts should be grieved because they're not in a right place before God. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. So, next verse here in Matthew 26, 52 through 54, we referenced it earlier. Then Jesus said to him, put your sword back to, into its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my father? And he will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels. But how then should the scriptures be fulfilled that it must be so? How does this passage challenge our cultural understanding of gentleness as weak and helpless? Jesus was obviously not weak and helpless here. Yeah, a lot of power behind behind him and his father. Mm-hmm. So exactly. Under constraint. Yeah. There's never been a more gentle person than Jesus. He says elsewhere, "No one takes my life from me. I lay it down." And he tells Pilate, "You have no authority over me except what's been given to you." He is, he is perfect power, complete power, and it's under control. He deferred to the Father's plan, the Father's will. Next we'll look at, at Moses, Numbers 12, 1 through 3. Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman whom he had married, for he had married a Cushite woman. And they said, Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek, more than all people who were on the face of the earth. Why is it so surprising that Moses is called the meekest person? on the face of the earth. The irony of it being in numbers is that he would have written that. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, well, are you <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Moses, I mean, Moses is writing this. There, yeah. Wrong, but. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, inspired by the Holy Spirit, but that, that would have been maybe 
an interesting way. I wonder what he was thinking as he wrote that. It's like, are you sure? <laughs> but talking about toot your own horn. Like, so, but but Moses, think of his position, and so he is the leader of a nation. Um, he is God's representative to lead the people as they're going to their promised land. Um, he has seen miracles that not many people have seen. Okay. He has a lot of wisdom. He talks to God in a way that nobody else is talking to God. For him to be meek and lowly this is maybe not what you'd expect. But if you start to think about it, I think when you're, when you're talking to the God of the universe, how much are you really going to be trying to exalt yourself? How much are you really going to be concerned about you know, people? Now, from time to time, he did, he, he did straight into that, right? He's like, when the people were complaining against him, and he, he'd get mad, and he struck the rock when he was supposed to speak to it. You know, he, he would do certain things. Um, but he was the, more than all others, he was meek. I think if you look at when he reasoned with God on the mountain, like obviously there was a humility and a desire for God's name to be glorified. Like look what he wasn't like, oh look, it'll be that Moses failed with the people in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. No, look at God what that would say to the Egyptians if you brought your people out here and killed them. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. It's consumed with the glory of God and the reputation of God's name in the earth. is that sometimes when, when the people would reject God, God would say, the people who you brought up out of Egypt. And I, that could go to your head. I mean, I would think. It's like, you know what I did? I did lead them out here, didn't I? You know, but no, Moses is like, no, they're the people, they're your people. They're the people you brought up out. And if you're not going to go with us, I don't want to leave. Let's stay, stay here. Moses was intensely focused on God's glory, on his greatness, on his power, on his goodness. Moses wanted to be with Yahweh. We've got a little bit of time. Let's do one more verse here in 1 Thessalonians. This is Paul talking to the church. He says, For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed, God is witness, nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made it our demands as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. 
So, being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. What's the difference between Paul and some of the other false teachers? They needed the affirmation from the people to make them feel like they're good, but Paul didn't need the affirmation to really trust in God to deliver yeah. his ministry was going to get fulfilled. Yeah, so they we're not seeking glory from affirmation to make them feel like they're doing good. Mm-hmm. So we did not seek glory from people, whether for you, from you, or from others. What else? He actually cared about the people, and not his own glory. Mm-hmm. How did some of the others demonstrate that they were about their own? glory that their own concerns. Many of them were after money. They were doing it for greedy yeah. purposes. It was evident that they wanted money. <coughs> yeah. They didn't use words of flattery. So what did, how did Paul demonstrate gentleness with him? analogy does he use there in verse 7? Nursing mother. Yeah. Like a nursing mother, the care that a mother has for her infant. That's the kind of care that I have for you. So he sought to serve others rather than be served. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in verse 8, so we're not, not only were we ready to share the gospel of God, which is important, right? <laughs> That's how they're going to be saved. But our own selves. These other ministers don't do that. I, I, I'll give you all that I have to help you know the Lord. So not just a day job. Yeah, it's not just a nine to five. I'm a preacher. And in my off hours, I do what I want. With that, well, let's pause there. Next week, we'll pick up with gentleness in our lives as Christians. So, thank you, everybody. Yeah.